0: Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can still. Father, thank you for this grace this morning, the grace to wake up, to wake up to the gift of life, to the gift of your mercies, the gift of knowing you, Father, we say thank you, because this is the day that you have made. Your word says you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. So, Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. We worship you because you are holy. We worship you this morning because you are faithful. We worship you this morning because you are righteous. We worship you, Lord, this morning because you are the covenant-keeping God. Be glorified forevermore, O God. Be glorified forevermore. As the Lord of heaven's armies, we worship you. As Jehovah Yahweh, our King, we worship you this morning. Be glorified forevermore. Amen. Father, we ask in your presence this morning... As we search the scripture once again, as we read the Bible, we ask, Lord, speak to us. Lord, talk to our hearts. Help us to understand the word. Let your name alone be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy e We continue our study our study of the book of ezekiel today we take two more chapters we stopped yesterday on ezekiel chapter 22 today we take two chapters chapters 23 and 24 this one promises to be an interesting read in ezekiel chapter 23 we see the adultery the adultery of what the bible calls here two sisters okay but the Bible was referring to Israel and Judah. Israel and Judah. Okay? So we see their their adultery and what it means. What it means to us. What lessons can we draw from uh, from what happened to them? We see that in chapter 23. In chapter 24, we see uh, this one is a, um, what would I call it. Um, Ezekiel was supposed to act out a sin... It is called the sign of the cooking pot. Okay. And as he cooked right in front of the people, he was supposed to be passing on a message to them. Okay. We'll see what to learn from that also today. And then in chapter 24, Ezekiel's Ezekiel's wife dies. And God uses it to send a message to the nation. All right. Get your Bibles. Let's read it this morning. Ezekiel chapter 23. It says, this message came to me from the Lord, son of man. Once there were two sisters who were daughters of the same mother. They were daughters of the same mother. In other words, they had the same origin, but they were daughters of the same mother. They became prostitutes in Egypt. They became prostitutes in Egypt, so I will go back to this point, but they became prostitutes in Egypt even as young girls, they allowed men to fondle their breasts. The older girl was named Ohola, and her sister was named Oholibah. I married them, and they bore me sons and daughters. I am speaking of Samaria and Jerusalem, for Ohola is Samaria and Oholiba is Jerusalem. Samaria obviously represents the capital of Israel and Oholibah represents Jerusalem, okay So in other words, God was talking about Israel, Israel and Judah, two nations. We know that after Jeroboam broke the nation away from Rehoboam, okay, 10 kingdoms went with with Jeroboam and then Rehoboam, the son of the son of Solomon had two, okay? Judah and, um, and some of the obviously the Levites the Levites went went with Judah but they were not essentially called together a nation and then you had some of the clans of Benjamin go with them but there's a very important lesson we must draw here today somehow as 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 the the children of Israel were in Egypt something happened to them because God said right here, that they became prostitutes in egypt okay so whatever happens to the children of israel in egypt idolatry entered them okay or they became prostitutes and you will see that in this chapter god will relate prostitution and idolatry together not prostitution in terms of with other people okay we'll ask ourselves a question later whether you can you can relate it but this was with the gods of egypt okay so whatever happens to them okay idolatry entered their hearts during their days of slavery for whatever reason why that was did they felt that god had abandoned them in egypt I uh, didn't think that maybe the Egyptian gods were better than than the God of Israel who had abandoned them or did they think that the, the Egyptian gods were more powerful? But whatever it was, okay? The Egyptians god could be seen because they had they had idols. Yes, they had images to represent them. The Egyptians the main god that they worship was the god Ra. That is the sun god. Okay? And whenever you worship the sun god, you will have to worship Thamuz also. Okay, so um, but they switched in Egypt. They didn't realize it when Moses arrived. I'm not sure Moses arrived realized the problem he had in his hands when he arrived to tell them that it was time to leave the land of Egypt. They were people. there were thieves into idolatry, okay, that they had sold their hearts totally to the gods of Egypt. So Moses warned them again and again to, to get rid of their gods. When he was going to present them to God on Mount Sinai, he told them to get rid of their gods. Again and again, Joshua warned them, get, get rid of your gods, of your idols, okay? So the Bible tells us here that they became prostitutes in Egypt. Even as young girls, they allowed men to fondle them. And then tells us, without missing words, we know who these two sisters are. They are Israel and they are Judah. Let's move on to chapter 5. It says, then Ohola lusted after other lovers instead of me. And she gave her love to the Assyrian officers. And they were all attractive young men, captains, and commanders dressed in handsome blue Blue chariots driving their horses. Okay, all that attracted Ohola—that's Israel—was the physical. Okay, was how handsome this uh, Assyria was, how powerful they were, how they were dressed. You know. Uh, but God said that look, she lusted after after lovers instead of him, right from the beginning. Okay, right from the beginning okay they lost after the Assyrians and if you look at I don't know I don't know but the Israel the nation Israel okay so I'm separating them between the nation Israel and the nation of Judah okay they were just not blessed just look at their line of kings okay so I have a study where I wrote good kings and bad kings into okay if you look at the kings of Israel you can't find a good one there you have Jeroboam the first, you have Nadab, you have Bahasha, you have Ella, Zimbri, Umbra, Ahab, Ahaziah, Jehoram, Jehu, who looked like maybe a little, but no, even Jehu. Jehoahaz, Jehohash, Jeroboam the second, Zachariah, Shalom, uh, Menahem, Pekahiah, Pekah, and Oshia okay this was the last that was the last king when they were carried off into into exile I'm telling you you couldn't find one king okay that was good okay so right from the beginning, ohola lusted after other lovers and of course lusted after the Assyrians and they were interested in this not because of anything spiritual it was just what what could attract them what the Assyrians could give them I don't know whether you're learning lessons this morning. But first of all, they started this idolatry in Egypt. They started it during that period of suffering. Okay, somehow in the midst of suffering, they allowed idolatry, they allowed prostitution to enter them. And I'm telling you, a lot of us listening this morning are going through times of suffering. We are going through times of pain. And the devil might be, tempting you or might be leading you astray or maybe uh, you might not even realize it this morning somewhere in your heart idolatry is entering yes idolatry of man idolatry you know of, of of even pain i have seen people who will magnify their pain so much that the pain itself has become an idol Yes, it has become an idol. So, my uh, I want us to draw these lessons, you know, from Ohola and Oholiba today. It says that they lusted after these attractive young men. Seven says, and so she prostituted herself with the most desirable men of Assyria, worshipping their idols and defiling herself. For when she left Egypt, she did not leave her spirit of prostitution behind. Ohola, not holy by yet. She did not leave a spirit of prostitution behind. She was still as lewd as in her youth when the Egyptians slept with her, fondled her breast, and used her as a prostitute. Okay, so right there in Egypt, in the place of suffering, when we go through pain, when we go through suffering, there is that temptation to turn to idols the idols can be people listen this morning you are, I know you are listening the idols can be people as suffering comes I'm trying to pay school fees I can't pay school fees I'm trying to do the basics I can't do the basics and now I will turn my gaze my gaze from God to man okay man must be the one to provide some of us literally live want to live through other people Uh yes uh, you don't just realize it it's idolatry and you will put those people into trouble. Yes, you will put, because God will not have an idol be, beside him. But right there in Egypt, she gave herself, okay? She gave herself over, you know, to prostitution. And after leaving, leaving Egypt, reeling out all, the, all of their kings, prostitution did not leave, leave them. In fact, from the days of Jeroboam, Jeroboam wanting to, compete with rebrum set up you know an image of 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 idolatry okay and and then that altar where they go and worship uh, and then you had the golden calf also there worshiping claiming that that was the god that brought them out of egypt i'm telling you quite terrible nine says and so i handed her over to the assyrians lovers whom she desired so much so the very nation that Israel was was going after uh, was the nation that carried them into captivity. It says, they stripped her took, her, took away her children as their slave and then killed her. After she received her punishment, her reputation was known to every woman in the land. Since yet, even though Oholiba saw what had happened to Ohola, her sister, she followed right in her footsteps. Okay, before we even go to Oholiba, so we see here that God punished them. where God was going to punish them, he punished them with the very thing that they were chasing after, with the very Assyrians that they were chasing after. Go and read the story. Again and again, Israel depended on the, on the Assyrians, Until the day the Assyrians said, ah, no, it is time to take over these people and they came to carry them off into exile. Okay, they came to carry them off into exile. During that period, instead of even trusting or forming an an alliance, it was only a very brief period, okay, that you have any alliance between the king of Israel and the king of Judah. Instead of forming an alliance with the king of Judah, no, they will go abroad okay they continue to 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 prostitute themselves until god sent them into exile 11 says that oh holy saw everything but she followed right enough in in her sister's footsteps and she was even more depraved abandoning herself to her lust and prostitution she fawned over all the assyrian officers those captains and commanders in handsome uniform those chariots driving their horses all of them attractive young men oholibah was the same even though Oholibah's kings were a bit different, because if you look at the kings that at, at that led Oholibah, you have Rehoboam, you have Abijah. Okay, even though you don't want to call Rehoboam and, and Abijah good kings, but you have Asa and Joseph, two wonderful kings. Then you have Jehoram, Ahaziah, then you have Ataliah, the only woman. The woman queen, okay, uh, that ruled over Judah, very wicked woman like this. But during a reign, there was this young boy, seven, eight years old, he became king, Jehoash. Then you have Amaziah, good king, Jehoash, good king, Uzziah, good king, Jotham, good king. Then you had a bad king, Ahaz. After Ahaz, you had Ezekiah, good king. Then you had Manasseh and Ammon, but after Ammon, you had Josiah, very good king. Okay, very good king. He was the one that destroyed the, the altars, okay, and the and the idols that Jeroboam had built in Israel. Then after that, you have Jehoias, you have Jeho-, Jeho, king you have Jehoashin, and then you had you had Zedekiah. Okay, so even if you will not call you will say those four are not good kings, but Judah had many good kings. Many good kings, okay, who tried to always bring them back to a time of revival with God. So why did, why did Oholiba follow the footsteps of her sister? Bible says here, and she was even more depraved, abandoning herself to her lust and prostitution. That happened with the last four kings, and that's why we saw the the the, uh, the lamentation. Yes, and a few a few chapters back, funeral songs of those kings. They were the one that did this, did this to, did this to Holiba. Uh, she fawned over all the Assyrian officers, those captains and commander in answer It was all about the physical. Also, it had nothing to do with the spiritual. He says all of them attractive young men. 13, says I saw the way she was going, defining herself just like her older sister. Then she carried her prostitution even further. She fell in love with pictures that were painted on a wall. Pictures of Babylon, Babylon military officers outfitted in striking red, red uniform, some belts and encircled their waist and some belts encircled their waist and flowing turbans crowned their head they were dressed like chariot officers from the land of babylon we know that the first person that invited the babylonian was ezekiel No, sorry, Ezekiah was the first king that invited them. Okay, so he invited them to just come and see when he recovered from that terrible illness. Okay, he invited them to just come and see, and I'm sure they come. They came to play him, pay him homage. And as they came, <laughs> you know, he began to show them around, okay? it wasn't even that much, okay, uh, because there was anything that yet attracted him. He showed them around. He showed them everything. And as soon as he showed them everything, the prophet Isaiah came and told him that uh, everything in your house will be carried off eventually, you know, into exile. Okay? So said, uh, they, they lost after the babylonians 16 says that when she saw these paintings she longed to give herself to them so she sent messengers to Babylon babylonian to invite them to come to her so they came and committed adultery with her defiling her in the bed of love after being defied however she rejected them in disgust so that was the story initially they invited the invited the Babylonians. Eventually, they turned against the Babylonians and called Assyria to help them, called Egypt to help them. Two nations that steeped Israel and and, and Judah into idolatry. 18 says in the same way I became disgusted with Holiba and rejected her, just as I had rejected her, her sister, because she flaunted herself before them and gave herself to satisfy their loss. Yes, she turned even, yes, she turned to even greater prostitution, remembering her youth when she was a prostitute in Egypt. She lusted after lovers uh, with genitals as large as a donkey's and emissions like those of a horse. And so, O Holiba, and and so, O Holiba, you relieved your former days as a young girl in Egypt when you first allowed your breast to be fondled. It says therefore, Holiba, this is what the Sovereign Lord says: I will send your lovers. I will send your lovers against you from every direction. Those very nations from which are you turned away in disgust. For the Babylonians will come with all the Chardins from Pecod and Shoah and Koa, and all the Assyrians will come with them, and some young captains, commanders, chariot officers, and other high-ranking officers, all riding their horses, as they will all come against you from the north. Hmm. This is with chariots, wagons, and great army prepared for attack. They will take up positions on every side, surrounding you with men armed with shields and helmets, and I will hand you over to them for punishment, so they can do with you as they please. I will turn my jealousy against you, and they will deal harshly with you. They will cut off your nose and ears, and any survival will then be slaughtered by the sword. Your children will be taken away as captives, and everything that is left will be burned. They will strip you of your beautiful clothes and jewels. In this way, I will put a stop to the lewdness and the prostitution you brought from Egypt, you will never again cast longing eyes on those things or fondly uh, fondly remember your time in Egypt. God was punishing the nations because of what they were in Egypt. They carried their idolatry. They carried their prostitution all the way from there. And they continued until now. You must ask yourself again and again, I'm telling you as a child of God, Do I have an idol in my life? If you do, God will not stand for it. I'm telling you, God will not stand for it. 28 says, for this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will surely hand you over to your enemies, to those you loved, those you rejected. They will treat you with hatred and rob you of all all rob you of all you own, leaving you stuck naked. The shame of your prostitution will be exposed to all the world. You brought all this on yourself by prostituting yourself to other nations, defiling yourself with all their idols because you have followed in your sister's footstep. I will force you to drink the same cup of terror. She drank. Yes, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. You will drink from your sister's cup of terror, a cup that is large and deep. It is filled to the brim with scorn and derision. Drunkenness and anguish will fill you, for your cup is filled to the brim with distress and desolation. The same cup your sister Samaria drank, you will drain that cup of terror to the very bottom. Then you will smash it to pieces and beat your breast in anguish. I the sovereign Lord has spoken. God was telling them, I'm going to punish you. And when I punish you, eh, you will be in anguish. I will punish you. You will you will literally be drunk. You will be drunk with pain. 35 says, and because you have forgotten me and turned your back on me. This is what the sovereign Lord says: you must bear the consequences of all your lewdness and prostitution. I say this morning, there is there are consequences for idolatry. There are consequences for prostituting after idols. It will never leave you the same. The same. 36. the Lord said to me, O son of man, you must accuse Ohola and Oholiba of all their detestable sins. They have committed both adultery and murder. Adultery by worshipping idols and murder by burning as sacrifice the children they bore to me. Furthermore, they have defiled my temple and violated my Sabbath days. On the very day that they sacrificed their children to their idols, they boldly come into my temple to worship. They came in and defiled my house. God says, I will not stand for it. He says, you sisters, sent messengers to distant land to get men. Then when they arrived, you beaded yourself, painted your eyelids and put on your finest jewels for them. You sat with them on a beautifully embroidered couch and couch and put my incense and my special oil on a table that was spread before you. From your room, from your room came the sound of many men carousing. They were lustful men and drunkards from the wilderness who put bracelets on your wrist and beautiful crowns on your heads. Then I said, if they really want to have sex with old, worn-out prostitutes like this, let them. And that is what they did. They had sex with Ohola and Oholiba, this shameless prostitute. But righteous people will judge these sister cities for what they really are, daughters and murderers. Now this is what the sovereign Lord says: Bring an army against them and hand them over to be terrorized and plundered. For their enemies will stone them and kill them with the sword. They will butcher their sons and daughters and burn their houses. In this way, I will put an end to lewdness and idolatry in the land. And my judgment will be a warning to all women not to follow your wicked example. You will be fully repaid for all your. Your worship of idols. Yes, you will suffer and full, and you will you will suffer the full penalty. Then you will know that I am the sovereign, the sovereign Lord. I say again and again. I don't want to know that God is a sovereign Lord. Okay, by suffering. No, I. Each person, each of us, must be able to accept God that He is sovereign, that He is our Lord. But listen this morning. Idolatry would never leave you the same. If you hold on to an idol, it will destroy you. Just like the children of Israel here, uh, during the time of their pain, they allowed idolatry to enter their hearts. And I think that is where we will be praying this morning. We will be taking a look at our lives and we will be asking ourselves, do I I have any idol there? All right, let's move on to chapter 24. I said we have the sign of the cooking pot and then... um, and then Ezekiel's wife passes on. This is on January 15, during the ninth year, the ninth year of King Jehoashin's captivity. This message came to me from the Lord, son of man, right down to this date. Because on this very day, the king of Babylon is beginning his attack against jerusalem okay so that day you could not miss it in fact jeremiah himself recorded that day jeremiah chapter chapter 39 verse 1 jeremiah chapter 52 verse 4 jeremiah recorded that day you'll find that day also in second kings chapter 25 verse 1. okay so even though jeremiah and ezekiel were both in different land one in Jerusalem, the other in you know uh, in Tel Aviv uh, close to Babylon, each one of them, God told them to write down this day. In other words, the day was important. It was the day that King Nebuchadnezzar began his siege. In the ninth year okay of Zedekiah's reign. The ninth year also of Jehoashin's uh, um, time in captivity. And of course, we know that the siege lasted for two years. It says, then, then give this rebels an illustration with this message from the sovereign Lord. Put a pot on the fire and pour in some water. Fill it with choice pieces of meat and rump and rump and the shoulder and all the most tender cuts. Okay, so it means that it was going to be a sumptuous meal. Okay. Every good parts you will find in the meat is right there the rump you know the shoulders and all the most tender cuts since use only the best sheep from the flock and heap foil on the fire beneath the pot bring the pot to a boil and cook the bone the bones along with the meat since now this is what the sovereign lord says what sorrow awaits jerusalem the city of madras she is a cooking pot so the cooking pot represented Jerusalem, okay? The meat represented the people inside it, okay? So God was saying by this description that he was preparing a meal for the Babylonians, okay? They were going to eat a sumptuous meal. In other words, Jerusalem, Judah, was not going to win this fight. Uh, he says, Jerusalem, what sorrow awaits Jerusalem, the city of murderers? She is a cooking pot whose corruption can't be cleaned out. Take the meat out in a random in, in random order, for no peace is better than than another. God was referring to the people. He said, No peace was better than another. God said, look, just take it out at random. In other words, it was going to be a siege. It was not, it was going to take time. They were going to overcome the city gradually. It says, for the blood of our murderers is splashed on the rock. It it isn't even spilled on the ground where the dust could cover it. So I will splash her blood on a rock for all to see, an expression of my anger and vengeance against her. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, What sorrow awaits Jerusalem, yes, what sorrow awaits Jerusalem, at the city of Madras, I myself will pile up the foil beneath her, yes, heap on her the wood. Uh, let the fire roar to make the pot boil. Cook the meat with many spices, and afterward, afterward, burn the bones. Burn the bones. Yeah. Okay. The bones that were going to be burned was not going to be the bone of. Okay. uh the bone of animals. Yeah. The bones of the people were burned. Says burn afterward. Burn the bones. Now set the empty pot on the coals. It, it red out, burn away the filth and the corruption. God was saying that He was going to use this fire. Okay, at this fire that He was bringing upon Jerusalem, He was going to use it to burn away the filth and corruption. Said, but. But it's hopeless. The corruption can't be cleaned out, so throw it into the fire. Your impurities is your lewdness and the cor- and the corruption of your idolatry. I tried to cleanse you, but you refused. So now you will remain in your in your fields until my fury against you has been satisfied. Okay, so we understand this uh, description perfectly. The pot is Jerusalem. At the meat are the people and god was saying that look he was preparing a meal okay preparing a meal for the babylonians okay a sumptuous meal at that and they were going to win they were going to take take jerusalem he said pick out meat randomly it was going to take time it was going to be a long siege the siege lasted for two years and the babylonians eventually took down the you know took down the gates and eventually killed the king and brought down the walls of Jerusalem. It was a terrible one. 14 says, I, the Lord, have spoken. The time has come. I won't hold back. I will not change my mind and I will have no pity on you. You will be judged on the basis of all your wicked actions, says the Sovereign Lord. Remember that Isaiah warned them that this was going to happen. Jeremiah was warning them right there. From the days of Josiah, we counted how many Kings from the days of Josiah again and again in one day. Five kings warned them that this time was coming, and that was why God told them to note that day. It was a day like no other. Israel realized their shame. Let's finish this 115. Then this message came to me from this message came to me from the Lord, Son of Man, with one blow, I will take away your de- dearest treasure. Yet you must not show any sorrow at our death. So of course his wife was his dearest treasure. Do not weep, let there be no tears. Uh, groan silently, but, but let there be no wailing at our grave. Do not uncover your head or take off your sandals. Do not perform the usual ritual of mourning or accept any food brought to you by consoling friends. So I proclaimed this to the people the next morning and in the evening my wife died. The next morning, I did everything I had been told to do. Then the people asked, what does all this mean? What are you trying to tell us? So I said to them, a message came to me from the Lord, and I and I was told to give this message to the people of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will defile my temple, the source of your security and pride, the place of your heart's delight i'm telling you the day the day the people were told that the temple had been destroyed they they lost they lost every com- confidence everyone thought that because the presence of god was in that temple it could never come down God says, "I will defile my temple, the source of your security and pride. The place, the place your heart delights in. Your sons and daughters, whom you left behind in Judah, will be slaughtered by the sword. Then you will do as Ezekiel has done. You will not mourn in public or console yourselves by eating the food brought by friends. Your heads will remain uncovered and your sandals will not be taken off. You will not mourn or weep, but you will waste away because of your sins. You will groan among yourself." For all the evil you have done. Ezekiel is an example for you. You will do just as he has done. And when that time comes, you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Then the Lord said to me, son of man, on the day I take away their stronghold, their joy and glory, their heart's desires, their dearest treasure, I will also take away their sons and daughters. What pain! I will take away their sons and daughters. And on that day, a survivor from Jerusalem will come to you in Babylon and tell you what has happened. And when he arrives, your voice will suddenly return so you can talk to him. And it will be a sign for these people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Wow. Okay, quite an interesting read today, but I think what I want us to take away from here today is that fact where God says idolatry started right from Egypt. What is Egypt to you? Do you have idols in your life? Are there things that you have used to replace God? Are there people literally that you have used to replace replace God have you used your poverty your pain and suffering and everything you have gone you're going to to replace God that was the temptation for the children of Israel and they fell into the trap they fell into the trap of beginning to worship idols what they could touch and uh, this morning I am calling you back to a time of relationship of worship of God so answer the question this morning do you have a an idol in your life. If you don't, please lift up your hands and just worship the covenant keeping God. If you do, this is the time to say, God, I will not worship an idol. I give myself totally to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you everything that we have. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. As we go today, thank you for teaching us. Help us, Lord. To love you with all our hearts we give you all the praise father in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day